June 8, 2021, is a lot for Pedro show.
Watt for Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. Star of John Coulter. A lot of noise on that end over there, Mr. Headbobber. <laughs> anyway, good bait from John Coltrane. And then Hob, Headbogle with the Thornbirds. And I don't know why it says 55 beats per minute parentheses, but I guess if you put together your disco mix, you get, the, <laughs> you get your ducks in order. <laughs> or maybe it's, it's, it's satire. And you can tell people I'm not man alone because of the wonders of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention. I got Mr. Headbobble. Welcome aboard, Derek. Hey, thanks, Mike. This is absolute, great. absolute. Uh, I want to uh, learn about your journey through music and how you got to end up making music like you do now. C- can you bring your earliest musical recollection? Oh, man. Well, you know, it started when I was five. I remember sitting in the, in the car with my parents. They asked me if I wanted to take piano lessons. So it's been a, a weird ride. You know, I, I studied ragtime piano, classical piano, for until I was, became a teenager and heard punk rock music and started to just... Uh, Stop practicing and start playing guitar and just moving all over the place. So, so it's you said been five a long years. Journey. Yeah, I mean, you said five years old in the car. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, now, you know, where I, where I, was this car? Piano. Where was this car? This is this is in Ohio. I'm from Ohio. What part? And, uh, it's got it's got a couple big towns. Yeah, we're from this college town. My my dad's a college professor now, um, Worcester, Ohio. Oh, so that's okay. Like central, central Ohio. Yeah. Sure, sure. Columbus is the big town, right? Yeah, we're kind of in between Cleveland and Columbus. Yeah, yeah, right. I was going to just say Northeast. Now, uh, um, why was it in the car that you decide uh, that they decided about, or who who decided <laughs> what about the piano? And also, it's like you're at that age where you're just agreeing with. It. I, I just had this real vivid memory, and I have a few early memories like that that I can just I can picture what see the you know where I was sitting and them asking me and. Well, can I ask and you this? Just, head it led to this long journey and obsession with music. So. Well, no, but can I, I? I understand that. I understand that. And this is like the launch pad. This is a springboard. But uh, I'm trying to get a sense of the sitch. Like, was there a piano in the pad you grew up in? Yeah, yeah, exactly. My mom, I think, took lessons for a few years um, in China when she was growing up. And my dad, growing up in New York, he's uh, he's more of a folk guitarist, uh, huge jazz collection. He's he was really the driving force. You know, oh, but they're both musicians. So you're from music. But they're family. both musicians, yeah. right? Okay. The piano that sat in our house was for my mom. I suppose I never really heard her playing it. Well, did but did you ever just jump on it? Like what the fuck? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'd be taking weekly lessons and. Oh then yeah, but even before the lessons, that. because I've had guests on the show where they treated oh, the piano okay. like these guys were future drummers. And they were getting their drums started on the fucking, you well, know, yeah, you know, you know, in the old days. Too. I mean, it's hard to remember that far back. I just remember when the lessons started. Now, now was, what was your experience? Was because, I hated the lessons. I, I got, yeah, I got to ask you the experience because a lot of people on the show, it was, a, they almost drove them away from music. Yeah, yeah. And here I am back incorporating piano into music again when I, you know, I thought I was going to be a guitarist, you know, and a singer and went through all these different phases with it. So uh, I think the main the main driving thing is, you know, the keyboard instrument. Keyboard oh, so, in so, so you've uh, gone full circle is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, back in Ohio and in Indiana and Michigan, you know, I was trying to play uh, guitar music in we toured around a little bit, played with love. No, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I still want to yeah. be uh, early days. Like, let, let me ask you, your, the first record you bought with your own money, please. 
Oh, man. Um, it would be something I heard on the college radio station, like R.E.M. or Sonic Youth, and uh, I was scamming those those one-cent record company, you know, the Columbia Record Buying Club. Yeah, for a di- well, it was a dime, I think, and then they keep sending you eight tracks, and you got to send them back or you have to buy them. I, I did that as a boy. Uh, what, yeah, what, what, my what about were getting pissed at me for doing that. So I, I, was, <laughs> I was buying stuff there, and it would have been R.E.M., maybe even Metallica. And what about the first gig you went and saw? Um, that would be Manhattan Transfer with my parents. I mean, the first one that I wanted to go see and was allowed to go see was like the replacements. Okay. And, and what about them a few times? Let, let me ask you about grade school. Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? I just was taking those weekly piano lessons and I, I briefly took clarinet, took some choir. Yeah, I ask about things. school because you know a lot of schools got rid of their music departments. Yeah, I wasn't too serious in, on the school side, but I went away to Michigan to be a music major later on. For you college, know. right? Yeah, for college. And, you what, know, where, Ann Arbor? As well as anything else. Where'd you go, to Lansing or Ann Arbor? Kalamazoo? Kalamazoo. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I played the state, state theater. Oh, okay, yeah. That's <laughs> and there was a club, right? Club Soda? Club Soda, right. right. Yeah. I don't know how Saw old you are, but <laughs> I don't want to date you. But uh, let, let's get back to, uh, like, in uh, high school, like you say, you, you get a guitar, right? You you ask your parents for a guitar? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got a guitar in the classified section newspaper, and uh, my dad taught me how to play, like, Otis Redding and develop underground songs that I wanted to learn and just build, started to build off of that. No, Well, no, let me ask you this. Not after school, like, graduate, but afternoon. Do you do the basement yeah. band, the garage band, the bedroom band? Totally, yeah. We had this band. It, you know, it sounds like Beat Happening or one of those sort of just uh, do-it-yourself bands that, you know, was going on. And one of our friends came across Beat Happening somewhere out in the world or through college radio, and that just really drove us. We were like, oh, you know, there are these people doing music with you know, cardboard boxes and a guitar. And so we had a college band that was, or high school band that was super creative. I love that band. That that continues to be something. You know, Did that. they have a name? Yeah, that was called Mo. And it, it was the brainchild of my friend in high school. It had all these silent letters in the name, and he was super creative. That, that's a great band that I think about all the time. Can Mo, you remember yeah. the first Mo gig? That was at the college. Somehow we, we managed to get play at some dance or something at the College of Worcester. And, uh, was it that a was success? Really wild. Was it, so, so... it? I think the kids liked it, you know. Okay, and, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, my friend Dave put on a great performance. He was running around in circles. I mean, it was. There let, was a lot going on with that band, really creative. Let me ask you, Mo, uh, let me ask you about Mo. Bobblehead, did you, yeah. did, did you guys uh, write your own material or were you trying to copy songs off records? Yeah, we were writing stuff really fast. You know, like I say, kind of that stripped down guitar and, I don't know, people slammed on percussion. One song we had a guy dribbling a basketball to do the, the beat to the song. You know, we came up with some really interesting <laughs> stuff. What about you? Uh, were you part of the creative process? Yeah, and come to think of it, I was there with the two boom boxes or four track, you know, trying to capture it and playing bass, you know, playing percussion. Bass? Cheering people on. Yeah, that's back when Bass, I, I thought you said guitar. Like, 
So yeah, I guess I was playing bass and mo before I kind of developed. Now, this now guitar. Where, where, I'm, I'm really curious now. now. Now, what was your first bass? That was just like a piece of wood. You know, it was like a slap together neck on this <laughs> piece of wood. The pickup was nailed in, and the nails were nailed down. It, it was pretty funny. <laughs> the nails it, were it nailed down. The nails well, were the nails were kind of bent over the pickup, you know, just to get out. Oh of the yeah, way. yeah, I understand. I understand. <laughs> they were like holders, right? Like pickup holders. Yeah, they were just holding. And what kind of amp you use? Uh, we had like a great guitar amp, you know. We were well, look. Playing. I'm a little biased towards bass, bobblehead. So you say bass, yeah. You also, know, that's yeah, interesting. Right. <laughs> now, did you? Now you took you had the lesson ordeal with the piano, but did you have? And your pop showed you some guitar shit, but what about bass? Nothing on the bass. That was one of those auto didact. You were self taught. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I think the guitar later and. Up and you know, my dad was always trying to show me some things on guitar, but uh, yeah, the bass I just tried to figure it out. And uh, can I ask you this? Did you ever realize there was a connection between the guitar and the bass? Well, yeah, I mean, just listening to so much music too. I mean, uh, okay, because it took me a while about that because it looks like a guitar. But it's actually like a fucking drum set. I mean, it's notes live with the drums. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play this. Uh, you gave me this music here, Triangle Rag. You were talking about rags right on the piano. Yeah, yeah.
vegetables, Pennsylvania Dutch symbols on bread packages, fresh and simple, half and half, injected with stabilizers at some factory, not fear exactly, morning mists on the tree farm, woodchuck holes, stumps, birds making high-pitched sounds, One time a kingfisher flew from a bush screaming at me across the pond where the dam is, rattling the whole way. Yes, fear. A mechanical birth for thinking. Bumper car action. One moment to the next. It's humid and I'm alone in the house. Remember the ocean? No, no. I don't want to. The beach was summers ago, and I'm not about to get in the car during a pandemic. Isolation isn't that bad. I have lots, including pizza. Trucks rattle by. A baby hawk cries. 
Eggshells smell of willow. Stamped picture of a horse and buggy. Deer leap. Rabbits dart into thickets and are uncaught. Animals look at me and don't speak. Fear is entering a space of certainty. When I ride my bike, I think, don't ruin it by pushing. Just pedal. It's okay. Pedal till you get there. Pour the wine. Pour the wine. Wrap the anchor. Pour the wine. Let it slide. Let it slide. Drop the wax divide.
your sentiments, shut your mouth, keep it to yourself. In the event the sizzle would offend the commonwealth. Unless it's racist and our business stays against what's left. Screaming snowflakes shut me down, I spurt dead the head, then melt. The thing is what's that snowflake for a cunt who gets upset. When fuckers don't subscribe to the word you that they project. I've heard more accusers being guilty of this epithet. And the confused free expression, we must listen with respect. Fuck them, fuck them, poison pens are written With tongues gifted venom and the toxic breasts are smitten When they can get their way and no one wants to listen They scream their free speech is being denied that they're the victim The loudest shouting from the rooftops on their Facebook page Free speech warriors believe in everything they say But what they say is not a right to choose their focus Which has their fantasies take flight on realities they pray And these feeble-minded, mealy-mouthed moderates they speak On behalf of all the fucking rights they hold within their reach Their tiki torches blazes they pervade throughout the night You will not replace the set with impotent delight And on the path of messianic beat the drums of hate Bigotry, uniformity, the laughter is embraced Your speech of endless night, the darkness before dawn Shines its exclusive light, the martyrs all who won't conform The age where to be free means whoever we include So long you don't subscribe to that we, that we produce To become the plural corn and mortal bits who is its news Included as part of your belief, your right to choose. The loudest shouting from the rooftops on their Facebook page. Free speech warriors believe in everything they say. But what they say is not a right to those their focused rage. As their fantasies take flight, from realities they brave. Where and when they stop this life, provided them a stage. But when it comes to the targets, then they don't engage. Where don't say a word for them, not open for the debate. While they stand upon the podium and spread their fucking hate. Saying nothing worthwhile is not insightful, it's incitement. To reduce the violent pointless pride and act all enlightened, self entitled. That's the word when you fuckers run them out. But what about the what about? Don't worry about what about. He tells it like it is, like what is and what's it worth. Tells it like it is, what he raises, bigot is or worse. Abusive, low on intellect, or maybe not the case. Tells it like it is, yeah, like it is inside that empty space. Between his fucking ears, where there's nothing but a hole. Where his mouth used to be is just one big opinion poll. And you know what they say about opinions, it is race. Opinions are like arseholes, they're mostly for
Live from Pedro Show, that chunk of music star of Headboggle doing Triangle Rod. Rag! Rod. Rag, yeah. My fucking thing. Okay. Swenson Claim from Canada after that for I Am. Jaded Azurite's brand new out of uh, upstate New York. And I, I, I do bass on there. Be- best before. Kind of show them around the poems. S- dub- LWCC Wide out of Iowa City. Pour the Wine. Sam Lock Ward. Collab. You know. Internet, you just don't have to use it to spread bullshit lies. You can actually collaborate with cats you never meet and make whole albums. Bob Bucko yeah, after that. Well, no, I just did it. <laughs> Bob Bucko Jr. from Dubuque, nearby buddy. His timing is something. The Blood Quartet, brand new out of Barcelona with Firefolk. That's got that cat from Mars. Old, old, new, uh, no wave. Bob is pregnant. Yeah. Uh, the laundromat video song. And then Deep in the Woods featuring Captain Moonlight out of Dublin, Ireland. Don't say a word. Uh, Joe Caradamone with his uh, Part 17 Quarantina series, The Tower. And finally, Sneaky Polyphonics, Headboggle. So you graduate high school and you pursue, pursue music in Michigan. So you probably left those Ohio guys behind. I did, yeah, and then that they come up again later. I was just going to say, Bob Buck is a great guy. I met him on tour up near Nebraska last year. Oh, yeah. In 2019. I think he mixed you know, this uh, record, and he also plays the saxophone. Oh, yeah, yeah, and the electronics, he does it all. Oh, yeah. I know, I know, but as far as this L- SLWCC Watt project. Yeah, you know, I ended up in Michigan, just to go back to that thread, and then the reason why I'm out on the West Coast is we got the high school band back together. So that's another whole story. And we all came out to San Francisco and we were playing this music we developed in high school. <laughs> that that was really fun. I mean, that, and I was playing bass again. For that. There's something that to learn cool. about that, right? Like maybe you don't burn a bridge because you might have to get across it again. And man, I landed in this crazy experimental music scene in San Francisco, and it's just that's where Head Bible started. But, but you so, did. I mean, we skipped Michigan and Indiana, but I don't know how they are important. No, no, no. So, tell me about it. It's the Mo guys from Ohio, right? That's right. But they, they end up playing with you in Michigan and Indiana also, and then finally. No, yeah. See, the Michigan, Indiana, that's college years. So okay, I had yeah, college right. bands that, you know, we, we played around the Midwest a little bit too. There's oh, those, some stories there. You're saying those are Michigan and Indiana guys. Mo, they're all from my... No, not Mo. Mo. I'm not Mo. After Mo. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So I went away to school and uh, developed this band uh, in Indiana uh, called Detour. And, you know, we played some cool shows, Magnetic Fields. We played on a bill Let me down. think. Let me think Indiana. Bl- Bloomington, uh, Bluebird. Yeah, we were in Richmond, so that's just across the border from Ohio. Yeah, right, 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 right. Okay, and and what about Ann Arbor? I mean, not not Ann Arbor. Uh, I've been telling this Cal- you. You know, I moved up there. I thought I was going to be a music major. It just flopped. I dropped down to Kalamazoo. Let's talk about that a little bit, Bobblehead. Academic music versus music on the street. Yeah. Big difference. Well, you know, like they say, you know, you listen to Bob Dylan or somebody who's taken a totally uh, off, off, you know, uh, off the beaten path approach, and it's just some of the best stuff in the world. So, and you listen to Stockhausen, it's some of the best stuff. So, I mean, that's what I mean. At the end of the day, music's music, right? You don't know where it comes from. Music is music. But personally, in your adventure, in your journey, 
You couldn't get oh, it through it academia. Tough. Academia. You know, yeah. Okay. I, I loved hearing stuff, and I loved you know playing, but going away to school and doing ear training. Okay, they play you a chord. You have to identify what diminished chord they're playing. You know, stuff like that. It's just drove me nuts. And uh, you know what somebody once it, told me that that they they produce teachers. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, and, uh, Larry told me that's what the music to, uh, to, uh, at his college in Knoxville when he was going to, you're going to be a drum teacher. No, I want to play drums, making music. No, you're going to be a drum teacher. No, I'm going to quit. <laughs> and here I am, you know, I'm bumming around the Mills campus now trying to get into their, use their synthesizers. So, you know. Are, aren't they going to shut that college down? They're going to shut it down. Yeah. Fuck. And it's going to change. Uh, I think probably all that equipment will get split up. I, I don't know that much about it you know, firsthand, but um, again, that's one of the rich, yeah, rich sources out here. You know, huge scene in the Bay Okay, areas. let's talk about your, your journey again. So, Indiana ends, Michigan ends. Then you come out to the city. You meet your old Ohio guys. Does yeah. Mo get back together, yeah. or is it a different band? It's kind of the same band with a lot of the same songs. We can play a little bit better guitar and bass. And the drummer was always phenomenal. And uh, kind of Keith Moon style too, Whirlwind, you know, uh, just great. And uh, it's tough. Indie rock, you know, trying to start in San Francisco. We just, it didn't work out. Yeah, know, because I, I, I wonder why you didn't send me any Mo music. It's all headboggle music. <laughs> We never recorded that much. You know, there are some nice boom boombox recordings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I should have. I really should have. And there's some other collaborations that are going on now. I, I probably didn't include and I should have. But, uh, no, it's okay. So anyway, I, lo I love the yeah, shit that, you gave me. So how did you develop from Mo to Headboggle? That's from me just going to noise shows in the Bay Area in the early 2000s and just being blown away by you know, this amateur kind of approach. Again, you know, we talk about academic versus you know, homespun, and this was it, you know. I mean, it was just people going freeform, very kind of community-oriented, making noise, noise rock, noise music, experimental noise. And so slowly over time, I just, you know, decided, well, I'm going to try playing one note, you know, at a time, or, you know, one note per song and doing drone stuff, just seeing... What I can do with synthesizers, and uh, it's been 15 years now trying to develop that further. It's can you fun. tell me about the first Headboggle gig? Uh, that would be at one of these, you know, there's a series, long-running series in the Bay Area called Noise Pancakes, and it's a daytime noise show, and they have pancakes, and they have pretty good curation, too. Usually they have a touring band, like Wolf Eyes, one of the bigger noise bands coming through and then they build a bill and the opener is always someone new. So that was my first gig, 2006 as head bongle. And I had like a broken micro mode and some piano recordings and just sort of mixed it up. It was not very melodic. Not a lot of the stuff I sent you is now I'm getting back and in, more into melody and, you know, maybe where I started, you know, it's all kind of coming together. Well, when you, did that first mind boggle gig. There was no bass guitar. There was no piano. This is true. But I bought that micro mode because I heard it was the bassiest. You could do bass lines on that. Thing. Ah, so yeah. It, Absolutely. There was always an interest, you know, in the low end and 
also, you know, going to these noise shows, there was a lot of people doing low-end drone stuff. Um, Mick Gondro, who you talked to recently, does a lot of that. Kind of rattles your whole system. And, 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 but, and, and the idea, uh, a lot of improvisation, right? No, or, or, or do you prepare? I used uh, backing tracks for all this stuff, and I'm not sure where I got that idea from another musician. But it's all based on you know, freeform jams and then I play back and jam over that. So it's, it's pretty loose usually. So some of it, some of it is kind of like repetitious and then you bring in this freeform on top of it. Right. Right. Exactly. Interesting. Interesting. So it's kind of having both worlds. Yeah. I like to really lock down like a sort of an established or elaborate backing and kind of just jam over that. That's the free part live that I'd like to do. And, been getting more into uh i think there's a crossover with comedy you know I, you've talked about it before uh so i try to have the performances often be some kind of you know either antics or some kind of prank goes is going on uh, sure 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 i had a, a pre-recorded fight that i played in the middle of my set and people thought there was like a fight going on <laughs> in the back of the room and, uh, so just trying to think of some other stuff but this is all due to the influence of you know people out here are doing no, no, you want them to be listening, right? You keep them off balance so you can, they don't get into fucking cruise control mode. <laughs> and, uh, you know, crossing over these other interests, you know, comedy, performance, art, with this experimental music, I think, yeah. to me, that's the ideal combination. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. And, and it, it helped inform, uh, yeah, your direction and shit. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, June 8th. 2021 just watched Pivo show special guest head boggle. Hold tight for hour two. January 8, 2021. It's the second hour of Watch for Pedro show.
space constantly evolving let yourself go let yourself be free let yourself go let yourself be free 
Oh, oh, oh.
Live from Pedro Show. Start off the second hour. Got a title here, people. This is Headboggle doing One Minute Medley. Blue Guitar Live, Sister Synth, The Pocket Protectors, Shelter in Space, Steinway Song. <laughs> then we have Ben Salter from Tasmania, uh, Tasmania doing Release. Justice Yeldon uh, from nearby Sydney with Babachichi Bop. Thor Harris, great drummer man, but he does all kinds of shit out of Austin. Hammer Dulcimer. Lisa Cameron and Sandy Ewan. Rafita Pachatila, I think. I think Lisa Cameron's out here doing some drum drum with the uh, Galaxy people. That's true. Yeah, with uh, Joshua Tree. Action, uh, blank action is necessary from Sigodi, and finally Headboggle with Midnight Flower. So, so what about okay? Performances was a big part of the beginning of Headboggle, but what about and and since you kind of neglected recording with the Mo, did you get into recording Headboggle? Yeah, I mean that's all. All these projects are, I think, I have such an interest in recording and you know the whole tape op angle of that. That head bottom stuff was, I think, four track cassette at first, too. And uh, now it's all whatever, you know, done on a digital multi-track yeah. and I sit there. And, yeah. Well, when you, said ta- ta- uh, when you said tape pop, I'm thinking Joe Hamilton in the magazine. Yeah, yeah, I've been reading that since I think the inception. You know, just this... Right, that's a great, that's a great fucking resource. Rock. That is a great resource. If you want to record Econo, right? Yeah, right. Larry Crane. Right, right. That's the cat who started it. I think Joel became like, he runs Studio uh, G with uh, Tony Mamoni in Brooklyn, but he became the, uh, on, he became the online uh, like editor of the forum. That's right, yeah. And, yeah. you know, back in the day, it was just, me, you know, going to the library, looking at music magazines and microfiche. This is back in high school. <laughs> Or it was really just me because this is pre-internet. Sure, sure. I just want to read musician interviews, so I would go and you know bug the librarians, pull up microfiche listings of you know I don't know Echo and the Bunnymen interview REM. And actually, REM were always name dropping underground bands that were interesting, and that you know yeah you know we met them. Whole, yeah, I got to tell you, Ed Bogle, we got to uh, we got to meet those guys because the last minute mentor. We didn't even know who they were. But when we met them, we found out that they knew all kinds about music because they worked at record stores at the college That's town, right. Athens, um, not Athens, Ohio, but Athens, Georgia. That's right. Yeah, and they knew about fucking. I, I've recorded some last poets at Pete Buck's pad on Thanksgiving. That last oh, wow. Yeah, they knew about all kinds of shit. So they weren't just name dropping; they actually knew. And they were yeah, fans. Yeah. The singer we man interviewed us. The, the singer man interviewed us Minutemen first time we went through Atlanta. We, he was said he was a writer for Fancy. We didn't even know who he was. He didn't tell us. He's just a big fan of music. All them guys, all four of them. Yeah, big time. Yeah, so that just you know put the bee in my bonnet. I've always wanted to trace influences, you know, and hear the and read musician biographies and just hear the stories, you know. About how people came up with all this stuff. You Were know, you aware of an eight track? Well, I guess it was a double album too, but I remember the eight track called Metal Machine Music, Lou Reed. Oh, yeah. I mean, we came to that later. You know. Oh, I remember that, when it came out. R.E.M. were pushing Velvet Underground, and that's how we got so long. And, 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny. It all leads back to R.E.M. for me and my friends, you know. You know who Sister Ray is, right? Is that one of the Warhol crew? It's Ray Davies. Because oh, wow. they heard, yeah, they heard the Kinks do Lola, right? <laughs> oh, you want to get into that, Sister Ray? Okay. That's amazing. Whoop it on me, Jim. <laughs> Whoop it on me, Jim. Okay, well, look, here here you got something here, uh, uh, Bogglehead. You gave me something here that I say all the time. It's like camping, intense.
you so much. This song's about friendship. Here we go. Sink in for a second. And let's get those hands and feet working for one last time. Here we go. And two on my friends.
People, watch Pedro's show. <laughs> it's going to be all deja vu all over again for Headboggle. But first time for you guys. Intense from Hillboggle, not Headboggle. Handsome Potaker with Every Good Boy Does Fine. Mnemonic device for knowing the notes on the treble clef. Okay. Sure. No, not the bass clef. That's all cars eat gas. A white Greg after that <laughs> <and> true crime. <laughs> uh, Dan Jones from out of Kansas City. Uh, Going to keep on. St from Giovanni Aldopio Gene. Friends from England. Tim Hellhouse. Wilshire Lights. Brand new from Are You a Cop? And they finally added a question mark to their name to clear up that fucking confusion. And finally, Head Boggle with in dual mono B. That's right. As opposed to yes. <laughs> well, it's from side B of the tape, so it's 30 minutes and 30 minutes of these shifting pieces every minute. It segues to another piece, so I just took a chunk out of there. Okay, and okay, and that's why we only got the excerpt, not the whole fucking enchilada. Yeah, there's a discrete song on the left channel, a discrete song on the right channel. You can mess with it if you can still control well, that. Well, come on, you were talking... You were talking about uh, Velvets, right? And they got that whole thing with the... In fact, I just got asked, ba- asked to play bass guitar on it, right? The, 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 the second album, when the motherfucker mails himself to that girl. And she opens <laughs> well, it up with the yeah. scissors and stabs him in the head. Well, that one side is the story and the other side is jam, right? That's right. Yeah, okay. So you are what you eat, right? Your influences bear upon you. Uh but, but but what about? Can I ask you about Throb and Gristle, the the manual reports? Did you, did you ever listen to them? Yeah, you know some of the cats. You know some of the guys we knew in high school, some of the older kids. They you know give me these records. Definitely Throb and Gristle was in the mix there. Clock DVA, these weird industrial bands. I mean, I I know all about them now. I just sort of had a passing. You know, run in in high school. Psychic TV was another one. Well, yeah, well, that's what they became. Well, one of the guys, or two of the guys, two, one and a half, whatever the fuck. Anyway, I mean, the reason I brought it up, why I brought it up was because they're using synthesizers, right? Especially Chris and uh, Cozy in there, and uh, sleazy, sleazy, and but not always tied to keyboards. And so, yeah, what's your opinion on that? Do synthesizers have to be tied to keyboards? Well, I think lately, you know, I try to make it really melodic, almost like a switched-on Bach thing. You know, I'm back to making a synthesizer play a happy tune. But, you know, generally, that's that's the stuff that I really got into out here is noise, you know, synth noise and atonals, you know. It seems like there was another, a couple other electronic paths. One was about cutting tape and making loops, and another one was about building boxes that treated signals yeah yeah and there's probably a cross you know supposedly there was a crossover they just wanted to make that tape splicing thing easier and develop some of the systems based on that like the early moog and book lower for running tape samples or running tape machines or doing work like that so it all kind of comes to and it's fun finding out where all these things come together for sure and where you're taking it is kind of reuniting an early musical experiences with the piano yeah, I mean, that's just in my system. And uh, I was hearing someone else talk about how it's, it also is a very rigid instrument because there's no in-between notes, you know. So you got one button, one note. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, but think about this, Headboggle. The bass guitar has a fucking B note on every string. The same note, but they sound different <laughs> because the string's different di- uh, diameter. 
that's true. Right? But you now, know, do you prefer real heavy strings like the Wire guy, the guy from Wire? Graham Lewis. Yeah, he likes those real heavy, and then he changes them before every show, supposedly. Well, there, there, that's some money involved. <laughs> <laughs> and it gives it that tinny you know, sound, too. <laughs> the thing is, those overtones get all covered up by the cymbals and electric guitar, so I don't know. Maybe if you're by yourself. I got a project with him called Fitted. Interesting man. Oh, I got to hear that. Wire, yeah, we made an album a couple years ago. I mean, Wire was an incredible influence on the Minutemen, you know. Uh, but you know, no, I'll, I'll tell you about I'll tell you about bass guitar and strings. I used to, I was after Minutemen. I was in a band called Fire. I was breaking two or three strings a gig. Oh, man, I got less funny. younger. I got less stronger. <laughs> bobblehead. I don't break strings like you used. <laughs> I used to be able to change them so fast because I had to learn. You know, I'd keep a pack in my back waistband and be able to whip those babies up. But now my hands are too weak. I, I don't break them anymore. <laughs> well, you got to play through those strings. Right? There's a Richard Verlaine story how he pulled a string back around the neck like a bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> William Tell. Look, we're at the end of the second hour. June 8, 2021 edition Watch Peter's Special Head Bogglehead. Whole time for hour three. Oh, yeah, The Fathers. That's my project. With the, yeah, that's the, yeah, The Fathers. I want to ask you about uh, January 2021. It's the third hour of the Watch for Pedro show.
Lock for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with the Fathers for sale. Then Victoria Shin. She was on the show last month. Tithing. Head Boggle. Bog Hill Center. And Sentry, spelled England, huh? Okay, Fathers. I mean, there's a Hill Boggle, but everything else has been Head Boggle. Not this. This is the Fathers. Yeah. So this is a project with uh, Nathan Bowers. He's from Tusco Terror. There, Tusco Terror is a Akron, Ohio noise band, and uh, of some renown. I mean, they 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 had a run in the two thousands, and I think they're still doing stuff. So I heard Nathan doing this stuff, solo stuff, on acoustic guitar that was really beautiful. It had all this crazy noise, discordant noise going on, and then acoustic guitar mixed in. And I basically stole that idea from him and made him play on the fathers the same way. You know, I said, let's do it. So both of us for the fathers have these classical acoustic guitars, and it's a little bit of a performance sometimes. And there's crazy noise going on while we're doing antics with the acoustics. Wow, that's and and why it it it's a departure from head boggle. For one thing, it's a duet, right? Right. Yeah, more of a one of these collabs I do. There are a few others I should probably. Spe- speaking of that, stuff, not so much man alone. Head boggle. Are you part of some kind of committee? Yeah, I help with the uh, San Francisco Electronic Music Festival, and it's been going almost 20 years. I mean, I stepped in a few years ago as a performer and um, then was asked to help as part of the selection process. So that's been fun, too, and a great learning experience, you know, just hearing about all the different candidates and people, you know, um, a lot of people I haven't heard about to find out about for that, you know, trying to organize that festival. Interesting, because, I mean, this idea... Well, let's let's get let's get fundamental about it. Genre, because you keep saying this word noise. Like, this is not it's not against music. It's a, it's a kind of music. Is that? Do I get you correct there? Yeah, you know that whole lineage of anything can be uh, music. John Cage onward and um, <laughs> four twenty one. You know, I was, I was trying to explain it to my grandmother at one point and uh you know she's she was nine year old uh chinese grandmother and she got it right away you know she said so the birds you know could be part of the music too the sounds of birds and i said you nailed it you know somebody, she understood somebody was on the show and they gave an example the other way like you trying to talk to somebody and even the best band playing beautiful whatever it's noise because <laughs> it's getting in the way of your piece Oh, I got so you. Yeah. it's 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 a subjective kind of trip. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I guess you would file noise under experimental, and maybe that under modern classical, you know, and uh, you could trace it back and or broaden it out. But yeah, that's what I'm talking about with noise music is actually like metal machine music or something like that. Yeah. And a big component of noise music is it improvisation? <laughs> I, I don't want to pin it down. It seems like it. It seems like it is. Because if you say that, is the enemy kind of repetition? <laughs> yeah, so you get well, into this stuff, right? Yeah, right. You know, I, I, I think just, the just best test... The enemy, then, yeah, well, you get these combinations of things. But I think the best test is probably to listen to see if you like it, and then maybe tomorrow you change your mind. 
Yeah, I'm finding more and more I have to be in the mood for something that doesn't have a melody or, you know, this atonal noise, but uh, it's all part of the stew. Okay, big box of evil.昔摂津の国の何はというところに夫婦の者が住んでおりました子供が一人もないものですから住吉の明神様にお参りしてはどうぞ子供を一人お授けくださいますそれは指ほどの小さな子でもよろしゅうございますから
すると間もなくおかみさんは身持ちになりました私どもの願いが叶ったのだと夫婦は喜んで子供の生まれる日を今日か明日かと待ち構えていましたやがておかみさんは小さな男の赤ちゃんを産みましたところがそれがまた小さくて本当に指ほどの大きさしかありませんでした指ほどの大きさの子供でもと申し上げたら本当に指だけの子供を明神様がくださったと夫婦は笑いながらこの子供を大事に育てましたところがこの子はいつまでたってもやはり指より大きくはなりませんでした夫婦も諦めてその子に一寸法師と名を付けました一寸法師は五つになってもやはり性が伸びません七つになっても同じことでした塔を越してもやはり一寸法師でした一寸法師が往来を歩いていると近所の子供たちが集まってきて、いやあ、チビが歩いている。踏み殺されるなよ。つまんで噛みつぶしてやろうか。やいチビ、やいチビ、と口々に言ってからかいました。一寸法師は黙ってニコニコしていました。一寸法師は十六になりました。ある日一寸法師はお父さんとお母さんの前へ出て、どうか私にお暇をくださいと言いました。お父さんはびっくりして、なぜそんなことを言うのだと聞きました。一寸法師は得意な顔をしてこれから京都へ登ろうと思いますと言いました京都へ登ってどうするつもりだ京都は天使様のいらっしゃる日本一の都ですし面白い仕事がたくさんあります私はそこへ行って運試しをしてみようと思います。そう聞くとお父さんはうなずいて、よしよし、それなら行っておいで、と許してくださいました。一寸法師は大変喜んで、早速旅の支度にかかりました。まずお母さんに、縫い針を一本いただいて、麦わらで絵と鞘をこしらえて、刀にして腰に刺しました。それから新しいお椀のお船に、新しいお箸の貝を添えて、住吉の浜から船出をしました。お父さんとお母さんは、
浜辺まで見送りに立ってくださいました。お父さん、お母さん、では行ってまいります。と一寸帽子が言って、船を漕ぎ出しますと、お父さんとお母さんは、どうか達者で出世をしておくれ、と言いました。えー、きっと出世をいたします。と一寸法師は答えました。お椀の船は毎日少しずつ淀川を登って行きました。しかし船が小さいので少し風が強く吹いたり雨が降って水かさが増したりすると船はたびたびひっくり返りそうになりました。そういう時は仕方がないので、石垣の間や橋桁の陰に船を止めて休みました。こんな風にして、一月もかかって、やっとのことで、京都に近い鳥羽というところに着きました。そばで船から岸に上がるともうすぐそこは京都の町でした五条四条三条とにぎやかな町が続いてひっきりなしに馬や車が通っておびただしい人が出ていましたなるほど京都は日本一の都だけあったにぎやかなものだなあと一寸法師は往来の人の下駄の葉をよけて歩きながらしきりに感心していました三条まで来るとたくさん立派なお屋敷が立ち並んだ中に一番目に立って立派な門構えのお屋敷がありました一寸法師は出世をするにはまず誰か偉い人の家来になってそれからだんだんのし上がっていかなければいけないここは京都で一番偉い人のお屋敷に違いないと思ってのこのこ門の中に入って行きました広い砂利道を散々歩いて大きな玄関の前に立ちました。なるほど、ここは三条の最小殿と言って、羽振りのいい大臣のお屋敷でした。その時、一寸法師は、ありったけの大きな声で、ごめんください、と怒鳴りました。でも聞こえないと見えて、誰も出てくるものがないので、今度は一層大きな声を出して、ごめんください、と怒鳴りました。三度目に一寸法師が、ごめんください、と怒鳴ったとき、ちょうどどこかへお出ましになるつもりで、玄関までおいでになった最小殿が、その声を聞きつけて出てごらんになりました
しかし誰も玄関にはいませんでした不思議に思ってそこらをお見回しになりますと靴脱ぎに揃えてある下駄の陰に豆粒のような男が一人反り身になって突っ立っていました最初殿はびっくりして「お前か今呼んだのははい私でございます。お前は何者だ何はから参りました一寸法師でございます。なるほど一寸法師に違いない。それで私の屋敷に来たのは何のようだ私は出世がしたいと思って京都へわざわざ登って参りました。どうぞ一生懸命働きますからお屋敷でお使いなさってくださいます。一寸法師はこう言ってぴょこんとお辞儀をしました。最小殿は笑いながら面白い小僧だ。よしよし使ってやろうとおっしゃってそのままお屋敷に置いておやりになりました。一寸法師は最小殿のお屋敷に使われるようになってから体こそ小さくてもまめまめしくよく働きました大変利口で気が利いているものですからみんなから一寸法師一寸法師と言ってかわいがられましたこのお屋敷に十三になるかわいらしいお姫様がありました。一寸法師はこのお姫様が大好きでした。お姫様も一寸法師が大層お気に入りで、どこへお出かけになるにも、一寸法師や、一寸法師や、と言ってお供にお連れになりました。だんだん仲が良くなるうち、なんと言っても二人とも子供だものですから、いつかお友達のようになって、時々は喧嘩をしたり、いたずらをし合って、泣いたり笑ったりすることもありました。ある時、また喧嘩をして、一寸法師が負けました。悔し紛れに一寸法師はそっとお姫様がお昼寝をしておいでになる隙を伺って自分が殿様からいただいたお菓子を残らず食べてしまって残った粉をお姫様の眠っている口の旗になすりつけておきましたそして自分は空っぽになったお菓子の袋を手に持ってお庭の真ん中に出てわざと大きな声でおいおい泣いておりましたその声を聞きつけて殿様が縁側へ出ていらして「一寸法師どうしたどうした」とお聞きになりましたすると一寸法師はさも悲しそうな声でお姫様が私をぶって殿様からいただいたお菓子を
みんな取って食べておしまいになりました」と言いました殿様はびっくりしてお姫様のお部屋へ行ってご覧になりますとお姫様は口の旗にいっぱいお菓子の粉をつけて眠っておいでになりました殿様は大層大怒りになってお母さんを呼んで「何だって姫にあんな行儀の悪い真似をさせるのだ」と厳しくお叱りになりましたするとこのお母さんは少し意地の悪い人だったものですからお姫様のために自分が叱られたのを大層悔しがりましたそして悔し紛れにありもしないことをいろいろとこしらえてお姫様が日頃大臣の娘に似合わず行儀の悪いことを散々に並べていくら止めてもバカにして言うことをちっとも聞かないのですと言いつけになりました最初殿はますます大怒りになって一寸防止に言いつけてお姫様をお屋敷から追い出してどこか遠いところへ捨てさせました一寸防止は飛んだことを言い出してお姫様が追い出されるようになったのですっかり気の毒になってしまいましたそこでどこまでもお姫様のお供をしていくつもりでまず何話のお父さんの家へお連れしようと思って鳥羽から船に乗りましたすると間もなくひどいしけになって船はずんずん川を下って海の方へ流されましたそれから風の間に間に吹き流されてとうとう三日三晩波の上で暮らして四日目に一つの島に着きましたその島には今まで話に聞いたこともないような不思議な花や木がたくさんあって一体人が住んでいるのかいないのか一向に人らしいものの姿は見えませんでした一寸法師はお姫様を連れて島に上がってキョロキョロしながら歩いて行きますといつどこから出てきたともなく2匹の鬼がそこへひょっこり飛び出してきましたそしていきなりお姫様に飛びかかって一口で食べようとしましたお姫様はびっくりして気が遠くなってしまいましたそれを見ると一寸法師は例の縫い針の刀をきらりと引き抜いてぴょこんと鬼の前へ飛んで出ましたそしてありったけの大きな声を振り絞って「これこれこのお方を誰だと思う三条の最小殿の姫君だぞ」うっかり失礼な真似をするとこの一寸法師が承知しないぞと怒鳴りました
。二匹の鬼はこの声に驚いて、よく見ますと、足元に豆粒のような小男が、威張り腐って突っ立っていました。鬼はカラカラと笑いました。なんだ、豆粒か、めんどくさい、飲んでしまえ、というが早いか、一匹の鬼は一寸法師をつまみ上げてばっくり一口に飲んでしまいました。一寸法師は刀を持ったまま、スルスルと鬼のお腹の中へ滑り込んで行きました。入るとお腹の中をやたらに駆けずり回りながら、チクリチクリと刀でついて回りました。鬼は苦しがって、あ、痛い、あ、痛い、こりゃたまらん、と地べたを転げ回りました。そして苦し紛れに咳込んだはずみに、一寸帽子はまたぴょっこりと口から外へ飛び出しました。そして刀を振り上げて、また鬼に切ってかかりました。するともう一匹の鬼が生意気なチビだと言ってまた一寸帽子を捕まえてあんぐり飲んでしまいました。飲まれながら一寸帽子は今度は素早く踊り上がって喉の穴から鼻の穴へ抜けてそれから目の後ろへ這い上がって散々鬼の目玉をつっつきました。すると鬼は思わず痛いと叫んで飛び上がったはずみに一寸帽子は目の中からひょいと地べたに飛び降りました。鬼は目玉が飛び出したかと思ってびっくりして大変大変と後をも見ずに逃げ出しました。するともう一匹の鬼もこりゃかなわん、逃げろ逃げろ、と後を追って行きました。弱虫め、と一寸帽子は、逃げて行く鬼の後ろ姿を気味よさそうに眺めて、やれやれ、飛んだことでした、と言いながら、そこに倒れているお姫様を親切に解放しました。お姫様がすっかり正気に帰って、立ち上がろうとしますと、裾からコロコロと小さな土が転げ落ちました。おや、ここにこんなものが、とお姫様がそれを拾ってお店になりました。一寸帽子はその土を手に持って、これは鬼が忘れていった内出の小土です。これを振れば、何でも欲しいと思うものが出てきます。ご覧なさい。今ここで私の性が大きくなるのをお目にかけますから。こう言って一寸帽子は内出の小槌ちを振り上げて、一寸帽子よ大きくなれ。当たり前の性になれ。と言いながら一度振りますと、生が一尺伸び、二度振りますと三尺伸び、三度目には
六尺に近い立派な大男になりました。お姫様はそのたんびに目を丸くして、まあまあと言っておいでになりました。一寸法師は大きくなったので、もううれしくってうれしくって、立ったりしゃがんだり、後ろを振り向いたり、前を見たり、自分で自分の体を珍しそうに眺めていましたが一通り眺めてしまうと急に三日三晩何も食べないでお腹の減っていることを思い出しましたそこで早速内手の小槌ちを振ってそこへ食べきれないほどのごちそうを振り出してお姫様と二人で仲良く食べましたごちそうを食べてしまうと、今度は、金銀、サンゴ、ルリ、メノーと、いろいろな宝を打ち出しました。そして、一番おしまいに、大きな船を打ち出して、宝物を残らずそれに積み込んで、お姫様と二人、また船に乗って、間もなく日本の国へ帰ってきました。一寸法師が最小殿のお姫様を連れて鬼ヶ島から宝物を取ってめでたく帰ってきたという噂がすぐに世間に広まってやがて天使様のお耳にまで入りましたそこで天使様はある時一寸法師をお召しになってご覧になりますとなるほど、気高い様子をした立派な若者でしたから、これはただ者ではあるまいと、よくよく先祖を調べさせになりました。それで一寸法師のおじいさんが、堀川の中納言という偉い人で、無実の罪で田舎に追われてできた子が、一寸法師のお父さんで、それからお母さんという人も、やはり元は伏見の少将といった、これも偉い人の種だということがわかりました。天使様は早速一寸法師に位をお授けになって、堀川の少将とお呼ばせになりました。堀川の少将は改めて三条の最小殿のお許しを受けてお姫様をお嫁さんにもらいました。そして摂津の国の名庭からお父さんやお母さんを呼び寄せてうち中がみんな集まって楽しく暮らしました。
<laughs> well, for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Big Box of Evil from Headboggle. Uh, he, he was just relating an Ishmael moment where he lived to tell the tale. <laughs> His head crushed with a PA speaker. Then we had Few reading a, a story, uh, Isun Boshi, with the one-inch boy, huh? And a little teacup. And then finally, Headboggle. It's trippy. This version of Headboggle, you actually spelled with two words. Was that on purpose? Yeah, that's from, you know, some of these local SF bands that change the name for every show. And <laughs> that's not my idea. I just thought it was great, sort of subverting everything. Okay, 53 Raga. And by Raga, you're talking like India kind of thing with them scales? Yeah, I thought it sounded like that. It's a synth patch. It's just a synthesizer going crazy <laughs> and me recording it. <laughs> Do you set up shit where they autoplay? They kind of play themselves? That track is pretty much something like that. And that was me stealing time at the City College. I took, I went back while I was working recently and uh, took an electronic music class to get access to their lab, recorded a bunch of stuff. So that's one of the tracks. And yeah, I just thought it sounded like a rag of the way it got looping on itself. And during this situation last year and a half, have you been using the internet to trade files to collaborate? A little bit. I've been doing streaming shows. Um, yeah, yeah. Been trying to get by with that. Well, you know, a lot I, of your music's one man, right? But you do collabs also. That's true, yeah. You know, with Nathan Bowers, with my father. And, you know, my father was on the most stuff going back to high school. We'd have him sit in on banjo. So that's, he's a long-running collaborator. Uh, other other people in the Bay Area, I'll let them uh Well, where's your pop? Up. Is your pop still in the... Ohio, or did he move out to California? He is. Okay. Yeah, he's in Ohio. He retired from teaching, but they stayed in Ohio there. And yeah, one, you know, once a year we like going out to West Virginia. There's a big uh, outdoor noise festival. I don't know if you know about that called Voice of the Valley. No. And they have three days of camping and bands. Rat Bastard comes up from Florida. And it's a good time. So, and so it's. Yeah. Uh, let me get this straight. Your 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 definition of noise is stuff that's atonal. Yeah, yeah, you know, distortion, loud, atonal. Yeah. Usually, guitars are not involved. I mean, there's so many of these acts. You had Victoria Shen on. You know, people with a table full of pedals and just making noise. Can I tell you about a gig I saw early days, punk here in Hollywood? It actually Please. was in West LA. It was a band called Non. Oh, yeah. And uh, the guy had, it was one dude, and he had a box with two buttons. So there was actually three sounds, because one button, the other button, or both buttons. <laughs> and he sold a 7-inch that had two holes. <laughs> one of the holes was in the middle. It was, it was pretty That's interesting. Good. It was, you know, it was a, a trippy experience, but... Uh, and, you know, I just started, but at the same time, right, we're talking 70s punk, which wasn't always fast guitar. It was fucking anything you could get away with. But the, at the same time, are you familiar with Carl Stone? Yeah, yeah, sure. He lives in yeah. Tokyo now, but he had a show in them days called, named after John Cage's song, called uh, Imaginary Landscape. And he would play the, the St Carl Stonekais and the Mort Spotnik and you know, hat hoot, Deutsche Grammophon. I, I got turned on all this. So I mixed them up together. 
I just thought it wasn't fucking arena rock because that's all we knew, right? Me and D Boone, first gig was T Rex, and I, we like T Rex, but a lot of that stuff was shitty. But some of this weird trip coming over the radio, and then see him at the punk gigs, cats like Zev, right? There was a band right. in the city there called No Mercy. They were just drums and a singer. That's right. Yeah, yeah, from the city. Yeah. See, I've never heard you talk about this. This is really interesting. Well, it's like 40, 50 years ago. <laughs> well, you mentioned Dadaism and Futurism. Oh, yeah. And that that's 100 years old, right? Yeah. So I, I figure there were some other parts of the story. Well, that's great. I didn't. I forgot about Carl Stone's radio show. Yeah, yeah. It was very influential. And then there was another one. These were more hippie-like guys. You could hear the sunflower seeds hitting the deck. It was called Tezzerat. But they still had kind of trippy-ass shit. You know, some guy rubbing on a balloon or something. You know. Wait, what were they called again? Well, the show was called Tezzerat. Okay. They usually didn't even tell you what the artists were, right? They just play these things, and you had no fucking idea. Carl Stone was good about giving credit to people. But this other show, and they were back-to-back. -back, so I'd get like three, four hours and plus, this is when I was eating L, right? I was a t late teenager. And so, uh, profound on me. But I never yeah. gave up uh, yeah. on the bass guitar. I stayed with it. But you're right about that fucking Moog synthesizer being kind of bassy. Really fat. Legato. Well, right? was, you know, the same thing. The Blue Unicorn came through Ohio. And, you know, in high school, we were blowing our minds with, you know, college radio seems to be a big part of all this. It was really storage. important. But, you know... I went to college in the wrong era. That that came in the 80s. Anyway, it's been great to have you on. Will you come back on the show when you record some new head bottle? I will, yeah. I got an album coming out later in the year. So okay, come back on, please, and we'll play the whole fucking thing you're talking about. All right, thanks. Okay, man. brother. It's been June 8, 2021, the Dish Wap Pedro Show. People, keep your powder dry.